Hello, everyone. I'm Gia Casey. Yes, and finally, we have our first podcast. I'm DJ Envy. Okay, you're not DJ Envy in this building. You are Rashawn Casey. And you're not going to Debo me during this podcast. Yeah, don't get brand new. The world knows me as DJ Envy, and that's going to be my name. Well, when we're in this building, you're Rashawn Casey. You don't don't own this building? I don't think I've ever called you Envy or referred to you as Envy in my life. Well, later on tonight when we're in bed, I'm going to make sure you call me Envy. (laughs) How about that? You and, weren't sitting so far away from me. I'd high five you. Now, um, <laughs> first and foremost, I just want to say, if for any everybody listening, that we just had our fifth baby. Yes, we did. Brooklyn Jagger Casey. Yes. Now, uh, now you're supposed to be at home relaxing and resting, but we've been talking about this podcast for so long. I wanted to get this podcast started. I'm excited about this podcast. We have to get up and get out the house for this one. Now we don't have a name for this podcast yet. I like the Casey Crew or the Casey Five. I like the Casey Crew. I like the Casey Five. It just kind of. I like the Casey Crew because the five of them aren't here. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just you and me here, so. Yeah. If they were here and they were contributing, then we could kind of finagle a way to call it the KC5. But, okay. you know, since this show is going to be based on our relationship and our family and parenting and just how we do, right. it incorporates all of us. So but I the think Casey, the KC5 I don't know makes if that's a sense. cool name for a podcast, the KC Crew. The KC5 doesn't make that much sense. The KC Crew... Because that's what we kind of refer to ourselves as, the Casey crew. All right, all right. Like if we're going to a party, we're like, yeah, Casey crew coming through. Like, okay. you know what I mean? All so right. I don't know. I'd like to get feedback and see what people think about that. And also each and every week we're going to have segments, all right? Uh, one segment is going to be question of the week or email of the week where you can email and ask us a mm-hmm. question. The email is the Casey crew at Gmail. Or you can hit us up on our social media. We'll take your question and uh, we'll give you your my opinion and my wife's opinion. Yeah, so let us know what struggles you're going through or, you know, if you guys get into an argument or if you have any questions that have to do with raising kids or, you know, anything like that. Relationship Just, issues, whatever. Yeah, let us in. We got you. And also, we're going to do the argument of the week. <laughs> now, whatever you're going through, the tiff that me and my wife are going through, we're going to do the argument of the week. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's small, Uh it could be small. It could be a little small argument. Mm -hmm. Or it could be big and major where we don't talk to each other for a day or so. That's going to be the reciprocity phase of the show where you let us in with your emails or your phone calls or whatever, and then we let you into our bedroom because that's where 99% of our arguments or disagreements take place. Okay, so we'll do all of that. All right, so the reason we decided to do this podcast... So many people hit us up on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. They see us in in public or they see us out and about and they always ask about our relationship. True. How we met, you know, parenting, Mm -hmm. uh, how we stayed together so long. Advice. I always get, if you could give me one piece of advice Mm -hmm. to stay in my relationship to make my la- my relationship last long or so I can have longevity like what you guys have. Right. What would be your number one piece of advice? Right. I get that all the time. So that is the reason mm-hmm. why we wanted to do this podcast. Talk about some of the stuff that we go through, whether it's good stuff, whether it's bad stuff, whether it's great stuff with our kids, whether our kids are messing up and we have to fix them up one time. Everything that we're going through. And now, a lot of people don't know that uh, I actually met you in high school. We started Dating in high school, started going out in high school. Mm-hmm. I was 15, you were 16. So, okay, so, okay, so, yeah, I was I was a, a good age, 16, 15, and um, I remember the first day when I asked you out. 
<laughs> you were running track. Uh-huh. And you had double D breasts. <laughs> and you used to run track and we used I used to watch you do your sprints and your breasts just used to be boom, 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 boom. I don't think they made that noise though. I, well, to me they made that noise. <laughs> And I was like, oh, she's going to be mine. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. I remember that day. Yeah, you had on a little... well, I remember that you used to kind of be out there in your blue caravan. A little stalkerish. Filled with all of your friends. And I used to think, yeah, it's a little, you know, a little, a little stalkerish. stalkerish. Yeah, it was. You know. But it um... worked. Because <laughs> you wanted to stay with me and not marry me. So it did work. But I remember the day that you came up to me after one particular track practice. Mm hmm. I remember it like it was yesterday, actually. I gave you my number. Mm hmm. I got home. Mm-hmm. I waited for you to call, mm-hmm. and you didn't. No. I was sick. I was hurt about that. I could tell, because every day thereafter, you came up to me. <laughs> I was persistent. <laughs> Asking me why I didn't call, and I just kept making excuses and excuses. It was persistent, and but, it paid off. But do you know why I didn't call you? No. Well, I'm originally from Brooklyn. Right. And my junior year, I transferred to the school that Rashawn was going to, and I was the new girl. So it might sound weird that I was 15, but a junior, um, but I skipped a grade. So I was always... So you, you were know. smart and you had them big <laughs> So I was a year ahead. So I was 15 as a junior right. in high school, and um, I was a new girl. So there were so many boys at that school and at our neighboring schools that... You know, were asking me out, and that I was seeing. And you was whatnot. hot meat. You was fresh. Yeah, I was. Meat. I was fresh meat. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to get tied down with this, with this light skinned cutie. I mean, I have options. Right? I have options. So I don't know. I just wasn't so quick on the response side of it. But I finally bagged you up and and held you down. Um. Well, do you even remember what really happened? No. Do you remember Jonathan? Oh yeah. Okay, so I was seeing this boy named Jonathan. He was a swimmer. He was a diver. Yeah, he was yeah. a diver. He was on the swim team with me. I was on the swim team. For everybody out there, I was on the swim team. I could have been in the Olympics. <laughs> I could have been Michael Phelps. I was nice with the backstroke. I don't know. Sometimes you have an inflated sense of self-worth, you know, when it comes to like your nice. capabilities. I don't know if I would um, co-sign that, but okay. Um, so anyway, I was seeing him and... You came in to the picture and then you started, you know, coming up to me every day, every day, every day. And then you found out that I was seeing him. Right. And I hated on his ass. Probably you hated on him. And I had finally called you back because I said, well, you know what? Maybe we could be friends. Right. You know, I finally called you back. And then you found out that I was seeing Jonathan. Right. And you you got his telephone number and you called us both up on three way. I was bold. Yes. You called us both up on three-way and you demanded that I pick one. And you picked, thank God you picked, did you pick me? And it turned me on. (laughs) And it worked. So much. I was like, I pick you, I pick you. That's right. And it worked. Persistence worked. And now we've, we've been married 15 years. Mm -hmm. We've been going out for like 22, 23 years. Well, that was September. That happened in September. Mm -hmm. We started going out October 8th that year. And we celebrated October 8th as our anniversary every year. That's right. Until we got married. Right. So we were together for seven years through high school, through college. And then you proposed a year out of college. That's right. Yeah. And then so. we, we had our, our first baby, which was Madison. Mm-hmm. And um, we weren't ready for a second baby. 
Not right away. But not right away. But then something happened that made me say, I want a second baby right now. Do you remember? Right now, as in right now. Right now. You're like, right now, as in right now. As in tonight? That's right. Are you ovulating, baby? Yeah, because we were were in our uh, family room. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, it was me, you, and baby Madison. I don't even, how old was she? She was about... She was about nine or ten months. Nine or ten months. Mm -hmm. And, um... For some reason, there was a penny on the floor. It was a penny, right? Yeah, it was a penny underneath a wicker chair. Penny on the floor. Uh-huh. And we all seen the penny at the same time, all three of us. And Madison dove to that penny so fast. We all dove to the penny. But Madison got but it. She got to it first. Threw it in her mouth yes. and swallowed it. Oh, my goodness. I I have never been so afraid in my life. I was crying. People, I called number one. I called number one. My baby's yes. about to die. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just killed my baby. She's squalling and a penny. All I could think of was how to calm you down so we could assess the situation. I was crying. Nine, you was like, were nine, one, 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 crying. My baby's about to die. Come quick. Tears. You it was were like crying. Sir? Legitimate tears. Sir, can she breathe? I'm like, uh, yes, I think so. It was like, sir, she's fine. There are babies that swallow full nails yes. and don't die. Sir, It'll come out in her stool. <laughs> and, I, and for like five days straight, I just basically slept over and just to watch her breathe because I was like, you know what? I just can't well, have Well, no, just you one. watched her breathe after you came back. Mm-hmm. After you came back because after it happened, you went away. Right. And Not jail. No, no. I was on jail. tour with Fabulous. Don't yes. say it went away. Went yeah, away yeah, sounds yeah. like I went to jail. Yes. And then. What wound up happening was the doctor told us that she had to pass the penny. Right. She had to poop the penny out. And we had to make sure that she pooped the penny out so there wouldn't be any digestion problems or anything. Um, So what I did was, because I just didn't have the stomach to go through the stool. So every bowel movement that she had would have had to have been gone through. And I just didn't have the stomach to do it. So So when I got back, there was about 15 pampers sitting there waiting for me all full with poop that I had to go through to find that penny but I found that penny you found that penny on maybe like the fifth pamper but so I, you didn't have to go through but I found that the whole gamut yeah, but yeah. I found it daddy went through that penny to find that penny and, and from that right. day on we was like we want another child and we had a little low no 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 from that day on you were like I want another child let's start tonight mm-hmm. because she made it through it and you were just like we have to have another baby so yeah we started that night but let's 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 fast forward because you know a lot of people ask me about raising our kids and we have a teenager. Madison is fourteen years old now. Mm-hmm. The other day I took her to a teen party, her first teen party. You were kind of mad at me for going for taking her. You you thought that I should have dropped her off and let her experience the teen party by herself. Yes, I did. But I'm her father. Mm-hmm. I DJ these clubs all the time, mm-hmm. and I see what happens in these clubs. Right, but she has a cell phone. Right. I mean, she was equipped with everything except a red panic button. Right, but this is the thing. And if you would have dropped her off and waited outside, if anything would have happened or if she would have called or anything, you would have been right there. You no. didn't have to go inside but the club But these kids hump her. each other in the party. They hump each other in the party. <laughs> and not just hump, because we hump. But Madison's not here for that. Right. I so don't... you wouldn't have to worry about Madison probably even dancing the first night Do you know how being many at a club. Drop their She's daughters the type off of kid that? to just sit there and observe what's going on. But and then know... maybe the second time she might want to dance. But... No. You know how many parents drop their kids off and says, my 
my daughter's not that type to dance like that. And then their daughter jumps in there and starts humming people. Okay, but you and I both know that that's not Madison. I know, but I want to make sure that no other boy in there grabs Madison and tries to hump her and then videotapes <laughs> it and puts it on social media. So then when do you draw the line to that then? What do you mean draw what line? All right, so she's 14, so what? You're going to try to go with her to every club up until what point? Like, where do you draw the line? There's at any no line point, drawing. at any point, a boy can grab her and try to dance with her or something. But she has to be able to manage that situation on her own because what? you're not always going to be there. This is the thing. She's, my, she's 14. Mm-hmm. There's 17 year olds in there. Mm-hmm. that are a lot older and a lot more experienced. But that her. will always be the situation, though. Right, but I, I understand that. But she's going to, the first couple so of times... So answer my question. Where do you draw the line? There is no line drawn. She's always so my when, child. So when would you stop accompanying her to the club? Uh, when she's 21. Okay, see. No, no, no. Now we can't even have this conversation No, no, no I'm dead serious. Now, 21's a little stretch, but <laughs> there's always that girl in college, and everybody knows if you're out there listening, you know that girl in college that was so sheltered. When she got to college, yes. she became a freak. That's true. She became a whore. She wound up with having sex with everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? That's my... Because that's that child doesn't have social skills, and that child hasn't acquired any wisdom because she hasn't been through anything with parents like us Madison understands so much more than I think the average 14 year old understands because we talk to her so much and I don't want to say that we're her friends right but we do have something along the lines of a friendship but the respect doesn't get lost Mm. In our relationship. That, I mean, that that's all. Do you know that, what I mean? That's all great. So but, she understands everything. There's nothing that I wouldn't discuss with Madison. Right. No, I get that. So she's worldly. She's wise. Right. She's intelligent. But she's responsible. She's, she doesn't have that street credibility. And she shares with us. See, this is the thing, though. Like, when we were growing up, I'm from Queens. You're from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. We used to go to house parties. We used to do basement bashes. We would cut school. We would do those little things mm-hmm. together, but we were we were street smart. Yes. Our kids are not street smart. There's They're a, suburban smart. There's a very so this big is the difference. So this is the difference. So them. when we would go to a party and let's say you would do your Jamaican dances on me and wine on me and, and get me a little excited, right? <laughs> a little. A lot excited, okay. right? <laughs> that was cool. It was. And then even the people that were watching, if, mm-hmm. even if we kissed in a party and mm-hmm. we tongue kissed, because I mean, at that age, people were tongue kissing for hours, right? Uh-huh. Even if we tongue kissed, it wouldn't go past that party. And right. if it did, it would go past a couple of days in school. Mm-hmm. Now, social media. They're videotaping everything. If I tell you how many times that yeah. camera came out when I took her to the team party, mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And all I'm thinking about is all it takes is for somebody to grab Madison from the back and start humping on her, she's not liking it or she doesn't want it and she's trying to get away, but somebody's taping it and now she's all over the internet and now she's embarrassed and now she's to a point where she feels funny and now she's thinking about committing suicide. Wow, you went from zero to 100 real fast. Yes, that's how I look. That's my baby girl, but that's how I look at it. But it also goes back to the question I asked you a little while ago. Where do you draw the line then, if that's the case? Well, why do I have to draw a line? That's my daughter. I'll I'll keep taking out until I can't anymore. I don't know. When I was 13, I went to my first teen party, and that was before I met you. Mm -hmm. And my parents drove me there. It was a club in Sheepshead Bay, I think. And they waited outside for me. I went inside. I had a good time. I knew my parents were right outside. There were no cell phones, but I knew exactly where they were. Yeah, but that doesn't help you when 
uh, say a name. I mean, so Little what happens Sean when, but what happens when she's in college? Back and what happens it. when she's 18 years old and she's in college but and that's the same I'm, thing happens? I'm getting her ready for that now. I'm getting her ready for that experience so she knows how to maneuver. It's mm-hmm. different when she can maneuver when daddy's there because now she's more comfortable. If something happens, she put her hands up. Daddy's jumping in the crowd beating up these little but teenagers. But what happens when daddy's not there? That's the whole thing. Well, that's what I'm that's teaching what I'm her. Saying. I'm teaching her how to react when daddy's not there, how to move in a crowd full of vultures. <laughs> What's so funny? I mean, I think that everything that you could teach her, you could teach her from our bedroom or from our family room, and you don't actually have to be there. If a boy comes up to you and he touches you inappropriately, this is what you do. All right, so what is he supposed to do when a boy touches her inappropriately? Turn around and tell him to stop first. No. If he continues to do it, then she can push him off and be assertive. I, that That's nice. We're going to use the name Sean or Tyrone. Which one you prefer? Sean. Sean. Don't touch me like that. What does Sean do? No, I Shut not, up and not, t- do it again. <laughs> it's not, Sean, don't touch me like that. It's stop. Ooh. You, no, no, you, you seriously. Know, you know what works stop. better? You know what works better? Dad, come here. Come here. This little boy just t- well, It's over. <laughs> it's over. Bail me um, out of jail. Your Honor, she just touched my daughter's ass. That's all well and good, everything that you're saying. But the point is that you're not always going to be there. And you don't physically have to be there to teach her how to handle that type of situation. And if you wanted to take it a step further, you know, we could take her to have self-defense classes or something like that. Self-defense classes don't work. They do work. They do work. Yes, they do. For a child that has no clue how to defend herself, like she didn't grow up like we grew up. You know, I'm sure that you've been in fights. I've been in fights. We've both been in physical altercations. Madison doesn't even understand what a physical altercation is or what to do in that type of situation. But that's what makes me nervous. So, but this is my point. There are other methods than cramping her style, embarrassing her. And don't get me wrong. I'm sure that you didn't embarrass her. But then you actually physically being there. And self-defense classes do work. You know, your average 17-year-old groper isn't going to expect to get poked in the eye if he touches somebody inappropriately. So I think that that could be a resolution. And I mean, all right, if you want to be there and she doesn't mind you being there. A couple more. Just two two more. No, 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 it's fine. Two more. I I disagree with you, but it's fine. And then it's... But at some point, you have to to think of alternatives. You have to think of alternative ways how to, you know... I got an alternative way. I'm going to send her brother in with her because her brother will be of age next year. That I don't mind. Her brother could fight. Yes. And her brother will knuckle somebody down if they touch it disrespectfully. I already thought of an alternative way. I mean, it'd be nice if her brother was with her Mm -hmm. because that's not awkward. Okay. (laughs) Like having your dad there. So no, that's fine. But she has to learn how to handle situations. Like we have to come up with hypothetical situations for when she's out so that, you know, she understands how to maneuver and how to stay out of trouble in harm's way. Let me ask you a question. A lot of people always come up to me and they say, hey, Envy, you have a bunch of kids. <laughs> a bunch of kids. It's it's a gaggle like, of kids. Got a, 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 a load of kids. And they always want to know, when are you going to have that talk, that birds and bees talk? And the reason mm. I say that is because when I was at that teen party and I brought my 14-year-old there, they were doing a lot. Like, I was sitting there like, yo, y'all get busy in here. Like, they are humping. Worse get, than when we were kids? Giving each other, yes, giving each other lap dances. And I think what made it worse, what makes it worse, is they're videotaping it. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, these are the things that wind up on the internet and they stay there forever. 
Mm-hmm. It's not like we did it and nobody cared. After a couple of days, it was over. We're going to the next party. We're going to grind on the next girl. It was what it was. Mm-hmm. So when do you have that conversation with your little girl or your little boy? And how do you have that conversation? I, you know what? I'm 30 years old. Mm. That's my story. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. <laughs> but, you know, my parents never had that conversation with me ever. You mean the birth, just strictly the a sex conversation. The My sex parents conversation. never, ever had a sex conversation with me. Let me ask you a question, because mm-hmm. I've never actually asked you this. What? How did that affect you? Were you ever curious about things and had to draw your own conclusions? Or did you feel like you weren't close to your parents because, you know, you couldn't talk to them about certain things? This is the bad thing about not having a sex conversation, right? Back then, there was no internet. So I couldn't Google I couldn't Google sex. Mm-hmm. There was no quote unquote porn. <laughs> there was porn. But I would have to pay for it. And, I, and then I couldn't pay for it. I had no money. Uh-huh. And then I didn't have an older brother. I'm an only child. So I couldn't look at, you know, nudie magazines, Playboy, or Playhouse, or whatever it was. I couldn't look at that. So I had to get information from my cousins. <laughs> and my Them? cousins. Those knuckleheads? Yeah. They, my cousins <laughs> made me believe that there was three holes in a girl's vagina. Um, okay. Yeah. You had to ho- stop and count for a second. I had to count for a second, right. <laughs> he told me that there was three holes, so for the longest time, I was scared I was going to put my thing in the wrong hole. Uh-huh. So I was, I, I never knew how many holes there were. Okay. So I, I wish my dad would have had that conversation with me early. Like, I, I didn't even know th- how no, to put not it. not for nothing. Okay, this might be a little extra, but... Even after you knew where they were, you 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 had a little bit of trouble finding the right so, all the time. I didn't know. I didn't because it's because I didn't have that conversation. I'd be like, ass. that's not it. Right? Yeah, because I didn't have that conversation. <laughs> if I'd had that conversation, I'd have known where I was going. But uh-huh. you know what? Even with the um, even with putting on a condom. Mm-hmm. Like, I had no idea how to put on a condom. I was putting on a condom backwards. It wouldn't roll back. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. I had no clue. And I would try to practice at home. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it was just very difficult. But, you know, you decided, because you are the boss of the house, that we would have that conversation early. And the reason we had that conversation early, because there was a girl in Madison School, mm-hmm. in her middle school, that was pregnant. Right. She was the age of 13, right? Or 12. Uh, no, 13. She was, she 13, was 13 and pregnant. Mm-hmm. So we had to have that conversation with her. Well, it was that. And also, Logan came home from baseball practice. And a kid on his team told him some crazy story about sex. Let's just sum it up and just say sex. Right. And he came home because our house is very, very open. Right. We talk about Everything. There's yeah, everything. nothing that we don't share. I cuddle with my kids to this day. My 14 year old cuddles with me at, in bed. Yes. My 12 year old boy cuddles with me. Affectionately. My two year old, three year old. We all have a we're great close relationship. As far as you know, what we share and what we tell no each other. No funny business though, but just you know, we all love each other. Okay. I think that's clear, Rashawn. I'm just making okay. sure. Um, but anyway, he comes home and he says, "Mom, this is what so and so told me today," and he breaks it all down. And I was shocked and appalled at the inaccuracy of the information that he's receiving from his friends. What do you say? Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> All right. Um, his friend went downstairs in their basement where there's an exercise room. Right. And he found a bloody condom. A bloody condom? A bloody condom. Okay, this is a little too much. Yeah. And um, he brought it upstairs and he asked his sister, who it clearly belonged to 
what it was. And the sister told him this crazy story about how it got bloody and mm-hmm. about sex. And it was just all misinformation. Right. And this kid communicated all of that information to Logan. And Logan came home and was like, oh, this is what I heard. And I'm like, oh, that's not what sex is about. <laughs> sex isn't about blood and gore. That would and freak me out if yes. I seen a bloody condom and, it was, and some of my friends told me that this is what yes. sex was about. Yes, yes. And he, you should have left that in his mind. He probably wouldn't have had sex if he was 30. <laughs> you should have left that in his mind. You messed up. Yeah, I know. You're a bad parent. Go ahead. So anyway, I said, you know what? This is clearly the appropriate time to have the sex conversation with the kids. Mm -hmm. So I called Madison into the room and I just sat them both on the bed. We got comfortable. We got underneath the covers. We set up our pillows. I'm like, all right, we're going to have a really long conversation. And any questions that you have on this topic, I want you to ask me freely without reservation. Just be completely open. Ask me anything. And I will tell you the honest to God truth. I will tell you everything that I know about that topic and make sure that you leave this room with a clear understanding of what sex is. Right. And that conversation took about three hours. At one point, like I had to go downstairs and get snacks because they got to a point where they got so comfortable asking questions. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, it's really great that I took this opportunity. That I took this opportunity because they had so many swirling ideas right. that might have gotten put putted around in like, conversations with their friends. Like what's like one Madison. idea that they had? Um truthfully? Yeah. Madison was so confused about anal sex. She's You talked to our daughter about anal sex? Yeah, of course. I mean if, Yo, if when this podcast is over, you owe me five minutes. You talk to my daughter <laughs> about anal sex? I had to because How did she, she ask that? Because she already had an idea oh, about it. Goodness. So I'm after we got think. through the the portion of the conversation about vaginal sex, she said, Well, I heard that's not the only way that, you know, people have sex. And I said, Well, where did you hear that from? And her answer is what really shocked me. And this was, to me, the most interesting and informative part of the conversation as far as how it affected me. So do you know that at her age, she's at the time she was 13, 13, 13 when we had this conversation, Mm -hmm. she said that the girls that are in high school, freshmen, actually, 14 year olds, the boys are telling them that if they have anal sex with them, then it preserves their virginity. So you can have sex with me That's some player and talk right still there. remain a virgin. a virgin. That's some player talk. And I asked her, I said, does, That's that, crazy. I said, does that actually work? She said, yeah, a lot of the girls in high school are having that kind of sex Yo, because crazy. they want to remain That's virgins. player conversation. Just imagine if I said that to you. Well, you wouldn't believe me, but I said, hey, you know, babe, you know, we've been going out for two months. You know, if we have anal, you're still a virgin. I would have dropped dead. <laughs> and, you know, to be honest... One of the only reasons, oh no, okay, I don't, I don't want to say that, but a major reason why we worked out was because you were the only boy that didn't pressure me. That's right. You were the only boy player, that player. I dated that you were fine with just kissing for months. And then you really took your time moving on to like the next step, the next step. And then I finally lost my virginity to you 
on our one year anniversary. Mm-hmm. But you waited a year, you know, and every other boy that I dated because, you know, when I was 14, when I was 13, like I had little boyfriends right. here and there, you know. Right now, we'd be protective of Madison in those situations, but I had little boyfriends, and every time that I got alone with a little boyfriend, the first thing that would happen is he would try to put his hand up my shirt, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, double D breasts, like, you gotta try at least once. (laughs) Gotta try at least once. He would try to open up my pants. I'd be like, no, 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 no. I'd be like, all right, now you have to leave. So I was kicking boy after boy after boy out of my house or, you know, off my property or, you know, wherever it was that we were like canoodling or mm-hmm. trying to get frisky or whatever. But all I wanted to do was was kiss. To wait, just and wait you were the first one mm-hmm. that you would take me out. You would take me to the movies. You would buy me little gifts. You would write me little cards. You would write me notes in school. You would do all of these sweet, affectionate, delicate things that really... Made me fall in love with you. And then I hit, and then I had you for life. You <laughs> fell in love with the D. Now, wait. Now, back to Madison. I want to hear how you uh-huh. told this, this anal story. Right. I'm sorry if this is too much for you guys out there. This is the first time I'm hearing this, too. So, mm-hmm. go ahead. So, she asked me about it. And, right. I, you know, I told her that <sighs> physiologically. Using big words on me. Go ahead. Physiologically, that part of your body isn't designed for that type of sexual activity. Okay. I said, but people do do it and people do make it work Mm -hmm. and there are people that enjoy it. And, um, you tell her you didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, dad. (laughs) Sorry, dad. I'm sorry, dad. (laughs) I'm sorry, dad. (laughs) You're a damn jackass. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't share my personal thoughts and feelings about <laughs> about the topic. I was there to give her the advice. Facts. Okay, go ahead. So, okay, yeah. um, but I told that there are people that enjoy it, right? Um, and when she gets to a point that she falls in love with somebody, and you know, preferably that would be the person that she intends on marrying, right? Um, <laughs> that she can make that decision if that's something that she wants to engage in. So you think the age that you, that I should say a younger age, 12, 13, you think parents should have that discussion about sex earlier than later? I do because with the internet, with Google searches, with social media and misinformed friends whose parents aren't having those conversations with them, there is a plethora of information Mm -hmm. that can get lost in translation, misinterpreted, or that can just go unknown. And you really never know what's going to happen, what situations your child, your children are going to find themselves in. Right. You know, and, you know, like with Logan, I don't know when he intends on being sexually active. You know, he's a boy. He might start being interested or having those feelings at 16, 17, 18, 21, who knows? But if he doesn't know, if he doesn't have a trustworthy source right. to attain that information from, then he's going to be out there putting himself in danger. It's true, but so you know, something that you, you, you say I shouldn't do and I do a lot anyway, you know, I actually text, uh, check out kids' phones. Mm-hmm. I, go through, I go through their text, but I do that because I'm always worried. And as a parent, I think, especially with, with the the boy, 
the boy with Logan, <laughs> the 12-year-old, <clears throat> he's competitive. He's a kid that likes to show right. off. He likes right. to be the, 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 the biggest person in the class, the funniest person in class. He's the class clown. So for him, I see him going over and beyond to impress everybody. Females mm-hmm. that it, it worries me sometimes. So I like to just watch him closely to make sure he's not doing something stupid. You know, not to say what I what you know what he could do stupid mm-hmm. like like um the way he talks to girls. You know th- what he says to make sure he's not being disrespectful because he thinks it's funny or something that he heard on mm-hmm. the radio or something that he's seen on TV. And that's right. the bad part about his dad being a DJ. He's open to so much more than other kids are as far as hip-hop and calling women this and calling women that. And he's respectful and he knows his place and he knows what's for radio and knows what's for the studio. But I just never want that to, well, I'm going to say this because I think it's cool. So I always look over and monitor their phones to make sure they're doing right and monitor their their computers and check their history just to double-check and make sure. I understand why you do that. After. But here's the problem with that. Okay. okay. When I was growing up, my parents showed me so much respect. They weren't the type of parents that would infringe on my privacy. And they weren't the no parents. A lot of parents, and sometimes you do do this. Because my dad did it. Sometimes you do do this, but you will snap and answer with a no before you even think about the question that they're asking you. I don't know yeah, if I it's do. because you're tired or you don't feel like being bothered nope. at times or what it is or it's because my that's what a, that's my, what your dad my did. My dad's a retired cop and mm-hmm. he was an ass and he was a very disciplinarian. He was the one that said no. Why? Because I said so. Right. So I do that sometimes. And you do do that. And I always check you. Yeah. Like if the kids ask you something, consider what it is that they're asking you. True. Before you automatically tell them no. True. And I learned that from my parents. They weren't no parents. Anything that I asked them, they considered it. Right. And I knew that my parents' main goal was to make sure that I got the most out of life. I got the most out of my friendships. I got the most out of my education. That I enjoyed myself. They did everything they could to make sure that I had everything that I wanted. Their main goal was to make sure that I was happy. Right. So that coupled with the fact that they knew that I was a responsible child because I was raised to be a responsible child and a teenager. They, when they told me no to something, I would think to myself, oh, that's a well-warranted no. If I said, Mom, I want to go to so-and-so's party on the other side of Brooklyn or in Queens or whatever, and my mom would say, no, I don't think that's a good idea. That's I great. would say to myself, well, that must be somewhere that I don't want to be. Sure. I respected when they told me no. I respected when they gave me advice because there was that trust, and I knew that their intentions were always in my favor. When you go and you're checking their phones, and you're eavesdropping, if they find out, then that diminishes the trust. And then you start breaking down your relationship with them. I understand why you do it, particularly with Logan, because he can be the type of child that will think something's funny, and it's not. Right. So I understand that, but you can be doing that at the detriment of your relationship with him. Yeah, but you know what? And if you did it with Madison, it would be even worse because she's a lot more um, 
abreast of, you know, the implication of what you going through her personal things yeah. means. But you know what, with, with, with Logan, and this is the good thing about having a wife like yourself, it's kind of good cop, bad cop. I know they're not going to tell me ish anyway. They're not going to come to me for, with a problem if it comes to anything. The only problem they'll come to it if it's if it's something where they feel like, Daddy, I need you to protect me. If it's somebody disrespect them and it's a man or something like that, then they'll come to me. But mm-hmm. other than that, they're going to come to you regardless. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, I accept that. But I'd rather stop it before it can happen. I'd rather nip it in the bud if I see something on their phones. So I'm, I like to go through their phones and make sure just everything is good. I like to know what's going on with them. You know, I, I just... I was one of those kids that did absolutely positively nothing. I didn't get in trouble for anything. I, I think I got in trouble one time. You were a good kid. But my kids aren't, well, my little what? son, 12-year, Logan is not necessarily like that. He's no, more. he's not like you. He's more. I don't think you've ever talked back in your life. No, nah, I never talked back. But Logan never talked back you're, to me either. You're a grown man, and I still don't think you have ever talked back to your parents. Uh, no, nah, I still won't. Yeah. I still won't. Mm-hmm. But I remember you talking back to your mom, mm-hmm. and I remember saying that if I if I did that to my parents, they would have smacked the ish out of me. Mm-hmm. And that's how my kids look at me. They will rather talk back to you faster because they feel like you guys are friends. They don't fear you like they fear me. Like I, uh, But I'm let, also fast very jokey with them. No, so. let, me, let me explain the story. I'm, I'm going to tell a story. Gia and I were dating. We went to the movies. <laughs> and um, Gia's mom... When she put on a jacket? I used to borrow my brother, my older brother's leather jacket. Right. And I would wear it to school. I'd wear it when we went out all the time. And one day my mom was cleaning my room. Right. And that leather jacket was on the bed. Mm -hmm. So she picks it up. She empties out the pockets. And then she goes to hang it up. And in the pocket was a condom. Found a condom. Now... For the record, at the time, I was still a virgin. Right. The condom belonged to my brother. Right. And we were at the movie theater. and We were knee deep watching it. In the middle of a movie, my cell phone rings. And it's your mother, your mother's uh, house number. Mm-hmm. I give you the phone. Mm-hmm. You you get up and take the phone and walk out and, right. and take the call. Mm-hmm. And she says to me, get home right now. And I said, well, what's going on? Just get home right now. I said, I'm in the middle of a movie. I'm at the movie theater with Rashawn. I can't just up and leave. Is everybody okay? Is there an emergency? Just get your ass home right now. And I was like, Ugh. I'm like, I can't just leave. I'm like, I need you. Because I was also, I mean. I, Let I, me tell you, <laughs> if my daughter said that to me. I was a little fresh. I would have drove to that movie time. theater and dragged her out by her hair. You really would. And I would too at this Absolutely. point. Yes. And I'm like that because I know that I had um, a sense of, I, I, I felt like I was more of an adult than I actually was. So right. I told my mother, no, I wasn't coming home. You hung up on your mom. And uh-huh. went back and sat next to me and we watched the rest of the movie. And I was like, what happened? He was like, my mom said she wants me home now. I was like, we better go. And he was like, no, I'm watching this movie. Now, mm-hmm. that's the difference between a disciplinarian and the way that I am and the way that my kids look at me. True. And you. So you are more friendly. Mommy's jokey. Mommy's my best friend. She's my BFF. Mommy, can um, I can I do this with you, mommy? Can I do that? Daddy's like, no, but I'm going to play ball with daddy, but daddy going to get serious about 7 o'clock. I'm going to leave daddy alone. But they're also very respectful towards me. Yeah, right. I never have a problem with them, you know, being disrespectful because when I see that 
it can go that way, mm-hmm. I look at them and they draw it back really quick. You know, sometimes Logan, you know, something might accidentally slip out of his mouth or it's about to and I see it and he just ducks because he doesn't know where it's coming from. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, we are friends in a sense, but the respect isn't lost. And I make sure of that because I know how I was when I was going through puberty and when, you know, I guess my hormones kicked in and I was fresh or, you know, thought that my ish didn't stink. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I know what to look out for. And I think to myself, God, my daughter ever talked to me the way that I talked to my mother at times, I would knock her head off of the rest of her body. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So that's something we don't play in our house. Not like at we all. don't play that disrespect. And I have to say, the kids are extraordinarily respectful. Right. They don't get fresh. Madison, if she is having hormone changes, you wouldn't know because she doesn't show it. But that's why, you know, that's the reason why I, I really are into their phones. I just want to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And they stay clear from a lot of the stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Even posting pictures on social media, making sure they're not doing nothing stupid that they think is funny that can come back and and pretty much bite them in the ass later on. See, that was Mm -hmm. the thing with us. We didn't have social media. You know, some of the stuff that I did as a as a as a teen or in college that if I taped, it would come back and bite bite my head off that that I wouldn't want out there. I did a lot of stupid ish. It it made me a better person than that I am today. But. I just don't want that for my child. So for me, checking up on them and looking into their phones, they they don't know. But just just them knowing, me knowing, I should say, that they're doing what's right. Mm -hmm. That means the world to me. Right, right. And now it's time for the question of the week. Now, the question of the week, you can ask us any question you want. You can email us, thecaseycrew at gmail. Now, this comes from Crystal from New Jersey. She says, what's up, y'all? I have a pet peeve about my boyfriend that I need to talk about. He has no regard for anyone when he's in the car. (laughs) This man drives crazy in the car and a bunch of A's. It drives me crazy. I see all those A's. (laughs) Why does he need to drive like that? And why doesn't he stop when I ask him to? We've never been in an accident together, but he has been in an accident on his own. I can relate to that girl. What can I do? That's the question. Oh, this is simple to me. Y'all ain't getting an accident with each other. Mind your business. Put your seatbelt on. It's nothing worse than mm. a, a a passenger driver. You're in the passenger for a reason. Well, it's really a backseat driver, but... Uh, no, you, know you ain't you in mean. the backseat. You're in the passenger side. <laughs> we know what you mean. You're in the passenger uh-huh. side. Uh-huh. Shut up. Stay in the passenger side. Put your seatbelt on. If you have a problem with the way I drive, A, don't get in the car, or two, you drive. Okay, so why don't you tell me how you really feel? That's how I feel. And, okay. no, and, you, and you know where this comes from? <laughs> I actually take this kind of personally. You know where this, this might, comes from? This might not be too nice. This comes from us driving here <laughs> to work, to, to, to do this podcast. Yeah. You are the worst freaking passenger rider in the world. You're getting too close. You know why? Oh my gosh, you're going to hit that car. Slow down. Why are you driving so fast? Why are you driving so slow? Which one is it? Do you want me to slow up or do you want me to speed up? Which one is it? It depends on the situation. Because seriously... I don't like to be in the passenger seat of a car and every time that the driver changes lanes, have to look in the side view or the rear view mirror myself. I should have a level of comfortability where I feel secure and I feel safe. So if we're driving together and I have to micromanage every turn you make, every time you change a lane, that's not cool. Like, that's not good. Well, there's an option. 
No, 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 no. Okay, so we're both on our way here. I'm supposed to drive a separate car? No, you can drive the car. And well, I'm I not driving. The seat. I'm Why? not driving. Why? If you don't want to drive, I believe in chivalry. sit in the passenger seat no, and shut up. Because I believe in chivalry. Turn the radio and, up. Vibe <laughs> And the man should drive. You like but, Maxwell? But Sing. listen, oh, if, you, if, you, the whole way. if you want to drive what I consider to be recklessly, especially when you're in a rush, do that when it's just you in the car. Don't do that when it's me in the car. Don't do it when our kids are in the car. If I ask you while we're driving, do me a favor. Don't drive with your knee so that you can drink your Snapple with your right hand and you can check your phone with your left hand. Freaking don't do that. Don't do that. Because it's affecting my level of comfortability. And then wherever we're on our way to, if we're on our way to get something to eat or if we're on our way to the store or wherever, you've ruined the next two and a half hours. Let me ask you a question. You, no, no, question. no. And so, so I'm, no, let me ask you a question. Is it worth it? Do you have to stop three feet behind the next man's bumper? Meanwhile, his brake lights have been on for six and a half minutes and you've had six and a half minutes to slow down? Let me ask you a question. No, no. Answer my question. Yes, yes. That's the way I drive. That means now, that that means you don't drive now, well. Now answer and my question. To your credit, you have. I don't think you have ever been in an accident. That's what I, I was going to say. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how you've managed. I've been driving you around since age <laughs> 17. <laughs> 16. Have you ever been in an accident? Uh, 17 is when You've I can get my license. You've never been in an have accident. Have we ever been in an accident together? But I swear. Answer my question. I no. I pray every time that you leave the house that you don't get into an accident. So now, Crystal, if you're out there listening... You just shut up and be quiet. Crystal, if your man I relate has to never you. gotten an accident, I relate put your seatbelt you. on, close your eyes, turn up the radio, and just relax and vibe out because no. he's vibing out. He's going to get you there safe. No, just make him pay. Just make him pay. Because what I do with you is I'm going to be nasty to you for the next two and a half hours. Every time that you put my life in jeopardy, I'm going to be nasty to you. You ask me a question, you're going to get a one word answer. You ask me to do something for you, I'm going to tell you no. You're going to ask me why? I'm going to be like, because you can't freaking drive. Good. We don't need to talk. Then I'm going to turn on the radio, and I'm going to listen to Jay-Z the whole way here. That's, <laughs> That's fine, because I like Jay-Z. All right. So it's, you know, no sweat off of my back. So, Crystal, I don't know what you got from these answers. <laughs> <laughs> but good, good luck in your relationship, Crystal. I don't know. Okay, well, no, we addressed her driving issue but she asked another question what was it exactly what do you do because that's just a specific topic that she asked about because that's something that she's going through but I think that she also asked or alluded to what do you do when your spouse continues to do something that you don't like even though you've expressed to them that you don't like it I don't know I don't know because I've been you know if you if you take it out of driving you know, if your spouse asks you to do something, you try to compromise. But the whole word is compromise. You At ask the very me, least compromise. You ask me all the time, do not drive with your knee. You said it bothers mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. I try not to drive with my knee, especially when you're in the car. I mm -hmm. try my hardest. That's my compromise to you. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's compromise. You guys have to have a compromise conversation. Well, Maybe not nag as much and have a conversation nag. instead of beef. Yes. Maybe she's nagging him. Nag? Maybe she's nagging him when it comes to certain things. Okay, let me process that. Okay. Okay. In regard to the word nag, I do think that there is a way to go about communicating with the person that you're with. You don't want to be whiny. You don't want to be irritating. But you want to let them know how you feel and how serious it is to you. Right. I think that it first starts with having a level of respect in the relationship so that your partner knows that 
when you bring a topic or a situation up to them and tell them that you have a problem with mm-hmm. it, that they respectfully listen and internalize it and consider it and weigh, you know, how much they want to give. Right. You know, whether they want to, you know, compromise like you said or just say, you know what? I understand your position. I understand where you're coming from. So I'm going to change that. But I think it depends on the foundation and how much the two people respect each other. So, Crystal, if you and your partner are having an issue and you tell him and he doesn't process it, he doesn't consider it, then you need to consider the amount of respect that he has for you. And then you might want to start there as opposed to just worrying about whatever it is that you're upset about in that particular situation. You might need to start at your foundation because if someone is just ignoring something that's important to you, that's a big problem and it can transcend that problem and, you know, make its way into other parts of your relationship as well. Right. Well, good luck, Crystal. And that was the question or email of the week. You can always email us at thecaseycrew at gmail or hit us up on our social medias at uh, Gia underscore Casey or at DJ MB. We'll try to answer your questions. Now, um, this is our first podcast and we still don't have a name for it. We haven't thought of the name. I, I, I think it's uh, the Casey Crew. I, I like the Casey Crew. You know, it's maybe and it's and like or, I said, this podcast is just opening up our life and just talking about things from our relationship to our family to our raising. And there's something that I wanted to talk to you about that I spoke to a bunch of people about the other day. And it was a uh, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a hard time forgiving people. But. When I do something wrong, I want to be forgiven, <laughs> you know, and the reason I'm talking about forgiveness is, is because you try to teach it? your kids about forgiveness. And when a friend does something wrong, but when somebody does something wrong to me, I don't forgive them. You know, I can be cordial, but I literally want you. I want revenge, not revenge where I want to do it myself, but I want to see bad happen to you in certain instances. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. and I know that's not right. And I know that's not the right way to teach my kids. But, you know, if you do something disrespectful of me where you hurt me or you hurt my kids or you hurt my family, you take my money, you take food out my mouth. I feel a certain way because at the end of the day, I I feel that I'm a a halfway decent guy. I'm a good guy. Mm -hmm. So me trying to teach my kids to forgive and I don't forgive is kind of like a, you know, how do you practice what you preach? How do you lead your kids the right way when I don't do it myself? Well, and you forgive me for all types of stuff. I, I mean, I look at our relationship sometimes. I'm like, man, the way because I used to be an ass. I used to be a disrespectful bastard. And you changed me. Well, you made me better. And in and, and, and most relationships, I can't say that you made me better. I mean, I remember one time we used to get in an argument and I used to be like, stop the car. And I used to just jump out the car and just walk <laughs> on the highway the other way. And you used to. Chase me down the highway and get me back in the car. And I used to do a lot of light skin ish. Please, baby, baby, please. And you used to beg, baby, please get in the car. Baby, please get in the car. Mm-hmm. And I used to just do things because I can. Exactly. But, you know, from our relationship, a lot of things that, you know, you've forgiven me and it made me a better person. So, you know, how do you get to that point? Because I'm not at that point. I can't forgive mother effers. Well, with us... We grew up together. Right. 
So there are so many life lessons that get learned as you grow. And we were doing that together. Mm-hmm. So at a young age, I, I understood that mistakes had to be made in order to grow and evolve and learn and become wiser. So when you were going through certain things, you know, I knew what your heart was. And, you know, you paint yourself as worse than you were. Like what you just said, I was thinking to myself, like, no, like you had ass moments, but you really were always an amazing person. Do you remember the time I went to the mall to buy Allen Iverson sneakers? That was the first time that you walked. I shot that's the how, that's how That's what I referred to it as, because he did it quite a few times. He would just get out of the car and start walking. It would be a red light. If he was upset with me in that car, he would get out and start walking. It was some sucker-ish. But, you know, it, shout to Alan Iverson. They, um, <laughs> what? I had a... I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> his, his sneakers came out. Okay. And I went to buy... I wanted to buy those sneakers. You talking about recently? No. This oh, was, you're talking. You're t- still telling you're the tell story. story. You shouted him out. I didn't know if you were I'm talking. A, okay, oh, no. go ahead. So, um, I I put on the, the sneakers, and I was very sensitive about my feet. For some reason, I thought my feet looked big as a kid. You always did. And you know, mm-hmm. like I'm a size nine and a half, ten, and I would try to fit a nine just to make my feet look smaller. So I put these Allen Iversons on. Do you remember what I said to you? You said they look like space boots. No, I was like, you were like, babe, do you like these? And I was like, eh, they make your feet look like little space shuttles. I was hurt. <laughs> I know. I was hurt. He was so hurt that he took the shoes off. He didn't even put them back in the box. And he walked out the store. He walked through the mall with me behind him saying, I didn't mean it like that. I meant that I don't like the design of the shoe. Not that your feet look big. I, weren't saying that, I wasn't saying that your feet look like space shuttle. I was saying the sneaker itself without your foot in it looks like a space shuttle. Uh-huh. And... He literally just made me chase him. I mean, not running, walking, but he made me chase him through the entire mall. And you did. You should have left me a long time ago. Begging him to just, let's leave, let's get in the car, let's go home. He went up the escalator, across the catwalk, down the other escalator, finally into the parking lot. Damn near walked zigzags through the parking lot, then into the neighborhood that was adjacent to to the mall. That was the hood. Yeah. And that part is when I started saying to myself, now I feel like a, now I feel like an ass. So then I turned around and I drove. So I went to my car. I was about to get on the highway and go home. I said, oh, then he's going to, I don't even know how he's going to get home. I went back. I looked for him. And then finally, he calls me and tells me that he's at TGI Fridays eating dinner. I went to Fridays. I walked in and you were sitting there eating a freaking shrimp Fridays with French fries and drinking good. a Coke. And I almost lost my mind in that restaurant. You got in the car. We went home. I didn't speak to you for like a week. And you apologized for like a week. That was the first time that you walked. But you, but, but. To get to the story is you always forgive and you always forgive our kids. You always forgive, you know, people around you and you forgive when you when when they have a sincere apology. That's the crux of it. But but you teach our kids that. Why is that? Because I I feel like when people do you dirty and people Mm -hmm. do you wrong and they're and they're malicious, 
Why, should, why the hell should I forgive him? Why should I ever forgive you? Because we're not perfect. We all have our own negative thoughts, and there are things that people do in the dark. But, but me forgiving you, what does that do for me? It takes a load off of you. It doesn't? It does. It does. When you forgive other people, only a small part of it is for their sake. The majority of forgiveness is to relieve yourself of carrying around that burden. But I really don't have a burden. What that other per- it, you may not think that you have a burden, but you absolutely have a burden. You're carrying around that <sighs> vengeance, that anger, that malice on your shoulders. And when your mind ever crosses on that person, those feelings get stirred up inside of you. And that is a burden. But if you just let it go and forgive them, but I, but you know, there's a caveat to that for me, for a person to be forgiven, if it's someone that's important to me, right? It has to be accompanied by a genuine apology. So, so for our kids, if they get a problem, if they get into a problem with one of their classmates or one of their friends, they should just automatically forgive. If if the person is a if the person um, apologizes, I think, sincere I with think it. that they should forgive in their hearts Do you and, know, and let it go uh-huh. in that in that form of forgiveness. But just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that you have to spend time with them. Doesn't mean that you have to have that person in your life the way that they were in your life before they offended you. You see our daughter's like me. She don't she don't really forgive. Yeah, she's <laughs> That's she's, a, she's a tough cookie. Right, but she's a tough cookie. But I get it though. If somebody does you dirty and treats you bad and talks behind your back and you know does things to to affect you and hurt you, why should I forgive you? I, like I, I don't even want to give you the satisfaction to let you know you can even talk to me anymore. How I about mean, that? you don't have to talk to that person anymore. They don't have to be in your life the same way that they were before they offended you. F that they blow just, D from the back. No, don't talk no, to me anymore. No, you just need to. Forgive them so that you're able to let it go so it doesn't affect you and so that you're not carrying around these negative feelings that aren't godly. And you can't you can't expect to be forgiven when you have bad thoughts or when you act badly. If you're not capable of forgiving other people, nobody is perfect. We all, we all falter. We all right. succumb to negative thoughts and we all have performed negative actions. And if I wasn't able to forgive you when you faltered, then what about, you know, that time that I might make a bad decision? Yeah, no, I would want to be forgiven. But I, I do say that. And people ask all the time, how, how has your relationship been so long? And I think one thing I can say about you, you forgive me a lot and we're able to talk a lot. Like I have conversations with you sometimes. I'd be like, I can't believe I'm really having this conversation with you. <laughs> you know, and and people don't understand it and they always ask about our relationship. Like if if you're my partner, mm-hmm. my wife, my companion, my love, I should be able to talk to you about anything that shouldn't embarrass me. Now, you know, at times things do embarrass me, mm-hmm. but if I have a bump on my ass, <laughs> I will pull down my pants and be like, babe, can you look at this bump? Right. You know, I've, I mm-hmm. if I have anything that looks crazy on me or a feeling, you know, like I'm a, is it called a hypochondriac? Uh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. what, if you feel yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if you I always f- think that you have a medical issue. I always feel like if, if my leg hurt, I have cancer in my leg. 
If my elbow hurts, I got some type of Zika. Like that's that's just what. <laughs> For a I, minute, you thought you had a tumor in your armpit. I definitely thought I had a tumor in my armpit. <laughs> you remember? remember? That? And I went to the to the to the uh, doctor. He was like, uh-huh. "No, it's just the deodorant you're using." But that's right, how right, I am. Right. But uh-huh. to say that, no matter what it is in our relationship, no matter what I'm going through, whether it's stress, whether it's stress related, I mean, there's times where I just want to sleep all the time. That you understand it, and most people don't understand it. And people say, "Well, well, how do y'all last?" What makes you under be? What makes you more understanding than anybody else? Because there's a lot of women out there. I'm, I'm sure after bullcrap I put up there with with not spending as much time and and sleeping a lot and being attitudinal. Because if you're out there, I'm, I'm light skinned a lot of the times. I'm always attitudinal. <laughs> I'm like you know because you think about it. I work very hard and then but I we have five kids well, and though. you try to balance all that time. So everything's not hunky dory, but. You know, you put me in check some you put me in check a lot and but we still have that respect for each other. Well, you asked me a question, I'll answer. Um, a big part of it is that I think that I'm able to be realistic. You probably work mm, eighteen hours on I would say several days a week. You probably pull right. eighteen hour days. And you're going from the breakfast club to a meeting mm-hmm. to another meeting Mm -hmm. to home to eating a little lunch to taking an hour and a half nap to getting up taking logan an hour to football sitting there for two and a half hours an hour back sleeping another hour and a half and then you have to get up and go do a club in connecticut a club in manhattan you go to the station you sleep on the couch you wake up at 5 30 to prep for the six o'clock show to go on live and you do that all over again you probably don't do a club maybe only one night a week. So you're saying it's, it's So I understand why you might snap at one of our kids if they're being irritating. You know, I understand why, you know, you get in the bed and you might fall asleep before giving me a kiss. Or I understand why I might ask you something and there's a twinge of an attitude in there. You know, I'll say something to you about it just so you understand what you're doing. Right. But I respect what you do and I understand what can come along with it at times. And I thought it was always a dick. I thought my dick was no. just so good. Oh, that you oh just, is that what you thought it was? That, oh, that's yeah, not, no, that wasn't it. No, 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 that wasn't it. I, I mean, I mean, it's good, but that's it's that. great. Just say it's great. Say what it is. We got five. <laughs> no, 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 no. The D no, is great. It's, it's, it's pretty damn good. All okay. right. There we go. So, well, there's that. And, um, the other reason is that I love you. And I think that most people, most women, when it comes to their boyfriend, their husband, whatever, whoever the man is in their life, they love them as their boyfriend or their husband. Right. When I look at you, I don't just see my husband. You are like my brother, my best friend, my lover, my husband. That person that sleeps next to me, my companion, my confidant, you're all of these people wrapped up in one. So if you do something to me that might hurt me if I'm looking at you as my husband, Mm -hmm. the first thing that happens is that my mindset switches. And I think about, well, if I was his friend... Would I understand if right. this was my boy coming to me and telling me, Gia, 
let me just tell you what happened with my wife. What I understand as a friend. Yeah, my stomach. I'm starving. I did just hear that. They've been going crazy. Forget it. I'm sorry. It's kind of crazy. Um, but I say to myself, like, as a friend, would I understand what he's saying? Would I agree with him? Because people like you know that you, if your if your brother does something crazy, the first thing you think is like, okay, how can I help him get out of this situation? Right. You know, but if you're your brother's wife and you're the one that's offended, you're the one that's hurt, you're analyzing the situation and breaking it down from a completely different perspective. And you're operating with a completely different set of emotions and a completely different set of feelings. So it all boils down to perspective. So there are times that you've offended me or you've hurt me and... I had to pull from different ways that I look at you and right. different relationships that I have with you to determine how I wanted to respond and what my level of understanding is. And for me, to sum it up, I would say it all really just boils down to being real and saying, damn, that was really fucked up, but do I understand why he did it? Do I understand why he did it? See, I love that. My, my baby thinks like a nigga. <laughs> Thanks like my homie. Now it's time for argument of the week. Now this is where I have a beef, you have a beef, or we beef with each other. Mm -hmm. Now this week's argument comes from something that pisses me off all the time. All right? Okay, people, this is news to me. I don't even know where we're going with this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what the argument of the week me. is. I mean, and we have a few arguments well, a lot, right? <laughs> every week. So. so, so you, so you have my ears. You would admit, and you would agree that I work hard. <laughs> Of course. I get up early in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. I get my ass up, shower, get my ass to work. Then after work, you know, show prep and everything. And I get home late. Like, I get home 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. You know what I can't stand? What's that? On the way home, I'm trying to get home. I'm tired. It's hard day. I'm beat. I'm on my way home. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to get home and see my family, see my bed lay down. And you call me and you ask me to stop and get some <laughs> shit. You really have a problem with that? I have an effing problem with that. Because you, I hate you that. act. You, sure, baby. No problem, What am baby. I supposed to say? I must say, no mother effer. Any, I don't want to get your stuff. Anything you need. I, oh, no, that's how you really feel? Yes. No mother effer. <laughs> that's how I really feel. No mother oh, effer. I'm tired. I want to okay. get home to this bed. Okay. Like, it gets to the point where sometimes I don't even want to call you on the way home until I get right up the <laughs> you block. You call me every day and we talk the entire way I know, but home sometimes I don't want to. Every day. Sometimes I don't want to. You day. call me on some, hey, babe, can you stop at Papyrus and pick up some thank you cards? I'm like, <laughs> Papyrus is nowhere near our damn house. Hey, babe, can you pick me up some guacamole? I'm just in the mood for some guacamole. No, mother F, I don't want to stop and get no damn out guacamole. Hey, babe. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It got to be mother F, though? I would say bitch, but I didn't want to disrespect you. <laughs> okay. You know, I, hey, babe, Word. can you please stop at, okay. it, right. at, at uh, okay. what's it, Bed Bath & Beyond and pick up a stool, please? No, I don't want to pick up no damn stool. Okay, well, you know what my response is to that? What? It's about 11 o'clock, and you're about to leave at 12 o'clock to go do a hosting or an appearance or DJ a club or at something. Night? At night. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And you tap me, baby, can I have a massage? You think I feel like giving you a massage? I feel like being like, no, mother effer. I don't want to freaking turn around and give you a massage. I was watching Real Housewives of New Jersey. I don't feel like grabbing the lotion or the oil or anything and sitting on top of your back and 
massaging you and making you feel good. I don't feel like doing that shit either. Hey, let me, well, let How me, about that? Let me put it to you like this, right? But you know what? But you know what? I smile and I say, sure, baby. Hey, and you, I get up and I go get my materials and I do it for you. But you know what? And I do it well. All right, you have a, I don't do it quickly. I don't do it begrudgingly. You do? I just do it. What? That's how it's supposed to be. We what? both do things that the other person doesn't it's really want to do. But you do it to make the other person happy because but, that should be your priority. No, not no mother effer. I wish I, I wish I told you no mother effer every time I don't want to do something that you asked me to but do. But there's a but, and this is the but, right? Okay. You have a car, right? <laughs> Couple of cars. Right? Oh, you, you don't have two sets of arms. No, I'm just saying. Oh, okay. No, no, you have a car. That right? sounded like it no. was going to be your rationale. Do you have a car? Right? You say yes or no? Okay, yeah, I have a car. All right. Go if ahead. you don't give that car an oil change or give it gas, it won't run, right? Rashawn, you don't need no damn massage. That's I need a massage need to, no to, make this, massage. to make this but machine you know run. What? I need that but massage. You know what? If you want a massage, you can go and pay $162 and get a nice two-hour massage at Elements, Massage Envy, or any spa that we typically go to when we go to get couples yeah, but, massages. But you know what? It doesn't need to be me. They don't give me a happy ending. It then. doesn't. <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> they, don't give... <laughs> they don't give me a happy ending there. <laughs> Oh, so that's what you... Don't, you, don't give me a happy ending That's what yet. your massage is really about? They don't give me a happy ending. <laughs> okay. Maybe if, if Massage Envy or Elements gave me a happy ending, that'd oh, be a different okay. situation. Oh, but they don't oh, give me oh, a happy oh. ending. <laughs> Big Bertha, when she gives me the massage, she don't, hey, uh, let me give me a happy ending. You can't ending. pay for that at Elements. <laughs> there you go. So that's my that's my thing. Mm-hmm. You have. I want you to start thinking about that when you say, hey, babe, All right, well, no, no, can no. you give me some guacamole? Why don't we do an experiment and then let... Our listeners know how it goes what? in a couple of weeks. Every time that I don't feel like doing something that you asked me to do, I'll tell you, no, mother effer. And every time that you do something, that I ask you to do something that you don't want to do, you tell me, no, mother effer. Because I was under the impression that you did these things happily. Because you're like, sure, baby, no problem. Okay, is there anything else that you want, baby? Oh, do you want me to stop and get you blah, 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 too, baby, while I'm at the mall? At Papyrus, sometimes you your thank you it's cards. not a problem, but sometimes no, 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 I'm, dead I'm just tired. saying. So no, 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 no let's just be real. That. You don't have to be fake. I don't want to get guacamole. You don't, I'm just. I saying. don't want to get a stool. From if Big I call Bessie ahead, Island. you don't even have to wait. You All you have to do is pull into you the drive-up. You call drive me stupid ish too. Babe, can you get me napkins from Bed Bath & Beyond, the ones that go in the bathroom? <laughs> because I might be having a guest later on, and use I need paper them to... towel. Cut up the paper towel <laughs> like you did not, before. That's not presentable. We don't use paper towels My in the goodness. bathrooms at our house. Anyway, moving on. Well, baby. Yes. We've been here for about an hour. Mm-hmm. This was our first podcast. I, I, I enjoy talking with you and talking to, to the people and talking about our relationship and our, our kids. Well, I think that if this podcast is really going to work... Mm-hmm. We have to be a hundred percent transparent. We are. No, I know, well, and I'm just saying that's real. like something that we have to continue. You know, a hundred percent transparent: the good, the bad, the ugly. Okay. Everything, all inclusive. All right. Well, know? well, we appreciate you guys. If you guys ever want to holler at us, if you want to ask us questions, you can the Casey Crew at Gmail. That's the Casey Crew at Gmail. Ask us your questions, whatever you want to ask us, we'll respond to you. And also, you know what? Next week. Know what people ask me about? What? What I want to tell them about because I, I I briefly touched about it on air sometimes and I talk about it is uh you got cut and attacked when you were like what thirteen fourteen? Are you crazy? Fifteen? I was fifteen. Fifteen. We were you only got cut. For... How, how many stitches did you get on your face? Um, thirty six and Th- one wound. Thirty six. About 
14 in the other. Yeah, so you got about 50 stitches on your face, like 70 on your leg when you you were attacked and, and cut. Right. I want to mm-hmm. talk. I want to talk to when we come you know, next time, next podcast, next episode. I want to talk to people about that and how people get over that because you've never brought it up. It's never affected you. And you were a model. You were a model and got cut 50 times, a buck 50 on your face. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about that because I'm sure there's a lot of girls out there and a lot of fellas out there that got face and it's and it's made them feel a way and, and, and it's been hard for them to basically be out there in the, in the real world and continue to do what they're doing with scars. And, you know, for you, you're just as beautiful as ever. Oh, I you. love my baby. And um, we'll see you guys next time, man. I'm DJ Envy. I'm Gia Casey. I tell you, I was going to tell you, my name is DJ Envy. <laughs> we'll see you next time, Mr. Casey Krug. Thanks for joining us.